for the program, we're talking about unlearning and called Lifeball Cop. Oh yeah, baby! Here is your host, the one and only, We're back! I'm back! Doing it again. He said we weren't going to do it. They also said Tally wasn't going to do it. I don't know who said that. I just made that up. But he's back on top of the power rankings. Oh my god. Thank god Booyah is sliding. I can't take it anymore. Killing me. Newcomers to the top five. They include last year's champion and current hammer holder high decibels. Oh, and Blitz too. Even though I've been saying he's a fraud for like a month. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. It's going to come back to bite me eventually, if it hasn't already. Speaking of biting me, Fornicators, he enjoyed a LOL show bump. You're very much welcome by destroying Big Ballers and Buddy Danger. God damn it. I'm going to stop inviting you guys on if you're just going to beat me up the following week. Sacks in the city went 2-0 on the back of Dak and sits higher than anyone for Major 2 qualifications, and she did that while Travis Kelsey scored less than three points. He scored less than three, and she actually did that. Amazing. Amazing. We had some amazing performances last week. For sure. Sacks in the city was one of them. Terrible tally, tearing it up. Not me, though. Fornicators came for me. Ate my face off. I thought we were friends, bro. But anyways, you know who is winning? Santa Claus. Because it is tis the season already. You know? It's like as soon as soon as Halloween happens, boom, Christmas. My neighbors got the Christmas shit up already. I have friends of mine already got their Christmas stuff up. Like, okay. Well, speaking of Christmas, we've got... An awesome Secret Santa thing coming up. It is closed now. If you want to get in on the Secret Santa now, it is too fucking late. Sorry. Too bad. So sad. You missed it. You missed the boat. And that's on you. That is on nobody but you. But anyways, to the 14 of us, hell yes. I can't believe we actually got 14 people to sign up for this. So we got 14 of us from literally all around the world who are going to be participating in this year's first inaugural Secret Santa. Now, if you want to watch and you want to join us, have a drink, you are still welcome to attend the Holiday Gala. You can bring a friend if you'd like. If you want to bring them, that'd be kind of weird and fun. Invite them along, all right? It's very easy. We're going to send out the actual information on how to join. It's going to be in Slack. So if you're familiar with Hashtag General, it's going to be in Hashtag General in that channel. Right there, boom. You can click to join from your phone, from your desktop, from whatever. It's going to be fun. That is going to be on Monday, December 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, so that should be right before kickoff of Monday Night Football in a very important week. I believe that's either the wild card week for our playoffs or the week before. I'm not sure. It's right around there. It's going to be a super important matchup. I'm, I don't even know who's in that game. doesn't matter. But there's going to be a lot of shit on the line for LOL. So we're going to get to watch that together on the video chat. But at the same time, that's when we're also going to open up our gifts. Now, everyone should have that everyone that joined the Secret Santa should have already received an email from Jackie that says, 
who their match is. And, and later on this weekend, I'm going to update a spreadsheet. You guys are going to put your mailing addresses in there. Do whatever it takes to make sure that, you know, your name isn't on there. No return address or anything like that. I guess that would be a good idea. Some of you had some other ideas. High decibels is going to get a courier. That's pretty tight. This is going to be fun. All right. And, and if, you, if you can't do it where you're hiding your name, that's okay. As long as the gift is hidden, you know, that's good enough. That's good enough. But I can't wait for that. Last week, we, uh, we also kicked off the Elite Eight in the, in the cup. I ran down all of the, the matchups and I gave my picks. And I think I'm backwards on just about all of them. That makes sense. It's off to an exciting start. But that doesn't matter right now because we got two more weeks of that, right? So we're going to update you on the Elite Eight in a couple of weeks. Let this shake out. Maybe my picks are going to turn around, even though most of them aren't really close right now. But Major 2 qualifying ends this week, all right? Week 10 is the final week for Major 2 qualifying. Each qualifying period is three weeks long. So the first qualifying period is weeks 1, 2, and 3, and that qualifies for Major 1, and then this one is 8, 9, and 10. So what does that mean? That means that the only things that matter are weeks 8, 9, and 10. It's as if it were the start of a new season. So that's kind of interesting way to look at it. So if we're only looking at standings for the last two weeks and then this one, right now, on top of it, almost guaranteed, I believe, probably, a spot in Major 2. We've got high decibels and terrible tally up there in the same level. Congratulations. And those are two people that are in Omega right now and would love to win Major 2 and lock that down because winning a tournament is fucking hard. So if you can get a win in a Major like 10-foot did already, 10-foot little person, if you can get one there, that's awesome. Then everything else is just icing on the cake. So we got high decibels and terrible tally. Therefore, no insane level. And then down here in the farm, in the mud, we've got sacks in the city and fornicators. All right, man. You're enjoying that bump from the show last week. I know. I know. I wish I could. I get no bump. No bump ever. All right. So those four people, those four teams, they are probably going to be making it into their respective majors couple of other teams that are probably going to make it in the farm. We've got Tutties, who's at 3-1. and one. Good for Tutties. He's had a, a rough season so far. A little bit rough. A little bit mediocre. A little more rough than mediocre. Big Ballers, also 3-1. and one. They will probably both be in. That's my guess. So if we're looking at the farm, Saxon City, Fornicators, definitely in. Tutties, Big Ballers, probably in. So that only, that only leaves two more spots. So looking at the next two in the farm, possibly holding court, possibly Newcomb. All right, those are those are two teams that are at two and two. They went out this week. They're in. They're in there. They're likely in there. So holding court in Newcomb, you got something to look forward to. All right, you probably asked yourself last week, "Am I sure about that?" And guess what? You you should be because you might be in there two and two. Uh, on the same level side, you got teams like. All these teams, actually, rapid-fire teams that are 2-2 two and two in just the major two qualifying. Smoke and Blunts, 10-foot Little Person, Danger Crazy DC, Blitzed, Gone Deep, Bapes. Oh, and Coheeds. He's in the farm. He's 2-2. Two and two. I, I saw Coheeds for just, you know, I glanced and I thought he was in the same level. Man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So anyways, this week, keep an eye on those teams. If I didn't say your team's name, 
then you're you're probably like one and three in qualifying and you're you've got little to no chance. I'm sorry. I'm in there. I'm in there with you. I'm not going to be in major two. But but let's think about this. All right. The way that it works, if you make major two, you're going to be up against all the other awesome teams that make major two for the next four weeks for. Let me remind you the final four weeks before the playoffs. That's the dynamic set of games. So that is going to be set at the end of this week. So take your pick. Would you rather barely make it into the major and likely have a slightly harder schedule for the final four weeks of the regular season? Or would you just rather barely miss the major and perhaps beat up on a bunch of jabronis for four weeks? I, I don't know. I'm at least the, from someone who's sitting at one and three and qualifying and has no chance basically to make the major, I, I'm trying to, to silver lining it, right? Why not? I don't want to go up there. You guys have fun. You guys have fun. I'm going to try and win Lil Ham, which by the way, when you think about it, we've been, we've been loving on the name Lil Ham and I literally just thought Ham is like short for hammer. Lil Ham, Lil Hammer. That's double entendre. Love it. All right. So this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about a concept that I like to think about sometimes. At least this year, I have. It's called unlearning. That's an actual word. You can Google it. Google says it's real. But I like to think that there's a difference between unlearning something and learning something new. Those are two different things. Learning something new means that you don't have to actually change anything you were doing before. You're just doing something else on top of it. And that's not the same. With fantasy football, which, you know, I try to relate everything to, I feel like there's just so many different things that you have to unlearn as you progress, right? As you get used to fantasy football, not only are you learning new things, but at the same time, you're unlearning a bunch of shit that you've literally just hammered into your skull for years and you thought it was the way to do it. And you just have a Pavlovian response to ECR, you know, and you just like start drooling every time you hear beer sheets. Like you have to actually work at unlearning those things. If you've fallen so far down some superstitious rabbit hole, hey, well, shout out. You got to really work hard to get yourself out of that rabbit hole and then you can put things on top of it, right? If you're just trying to learn new things and you're not really changing the underlying foundation, then you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to progress. You have to change. And I, I mean, in a personal way, humble brag, earlier this year, I actually successfully quit vaping. Now, this, you know, actually was a, a long time coming. I had been vaping for, I don't know, like 10 years, 15 years, like forever. It felt like fucking forever. Uh, and before that, I was smoking cigarettes. So it was a huge nicotine thing. And this is like ton tons of people quit nicotine. It's nothing special. <clears throat> but I wanted to like just rehash how I did it. And it was my personal way was with bubblegum. I was just chewing Mad bubblegum all the time. Bubblegum, bubblegum, bubblegum. But you know what that was? It was really just replacing the nicotine, which works. It does work, admittedly. But I wasn't fixing the underlying problem. 
You know what I mean? So it was literally like every time I got into a car to drive, I'm like, where, where, the, where the fuck's my gum? I need my gum now. Where's my gum? It was a problem. To the point where I'm leaving gum trash everywhere. I'm buying so much gum. It was literally like I saved no money from not buying vape pods. Like I was spending an equal amount of money on fucking all the different flavors of Trident. I'm trying them all. So it wasn't really fixing my problem. And it all culminated one day where I'm chewing some of the hottest cinnamon red gum you've ever had. And it is so good. I'm I'm talking like three pieces at a time. And I, I have to go in somewhere. I, I take the gum out of my mouth. I, I fold it up in a, a wrapper uh, and I tuck it in my pocket because I'm a, I'm a decent human being. Right. I'm not going to throw it on the ground. So now the problem is in my pocket. Right. And I go home after my important business thing that wasn't allowing gum. I go home, take a shower, wake up the next day, do some laundry. Then I go to fold the clothes and you know where the story is going. And the whole fucking dryer was full of cinnamon red gum. And I, God damn it, I cursed to the sky. This was the, it was the problem. I, it might as well be vape juice all over my clothes. And let me tell you, if you try to scrape hardened cinnamon red bubble gum off the inside of a dryer, good luck. Nothing works. Nothing works. I was literally 12 hours into it. I'm Googling how much does a new dryer cost? I can't. <laughs> I'm never going to do this. It's impossible. And finally, I, I did. I fixed the dryer. I fixed the dryer. I stopped chewing gum. It was at that day. No more of this. I don't need this. So maybe that's it. Maybe unlearning is, you know, maybe there's like a, a, a breaking point required before you can actually be like, oh, I actually unlearned that. But man, it was rough for me personally. And then I started relating it to fantasy football. And I'm like, well, I, I need to really unlearn things. I need to just, I'm not looking for a new uh, website resource that's going to fix all my problems and tell me how to do things differently because it, ultimately I'm just not changing the problem. And my problem is a reliance on rankings. I think, I think a lot of you probably can relate to that. Like, oh, it's the ECR though. This is like 32 different experts. Like, uh, I don't know. I watch a lot of football. I follow the news. I know what's going on. I think I should probably start there. Right. But then I also so <laughs> I watched Paul Blart Mall Cop this week. <laughs> I mean, that's a funny sentence just by itself. And it struck me. Literally, I'm serious. It struck me how much of the art of unlearning in fantasy football mirrors Paul Blart's saga. It does. Just like our mustache hero, we've got to let go of those old habits that keep us from saving the day or in our case, winning our level. Right. Take drafting strategies. We've clung to running backs like Blart clings to his Segway. But the game has changed. It's more aerial now, more pass heavy. Like the shift from gas scooters to high-tech electric ones. We've got to be willing to pivot. Maybe grab that high-flying receiver or tight end who's as reliable as Paul's trusty flashlight. Saxon the City, you took this to heart, didn't you? You zigged when others zagged. And while Kelsey might have been your number one segue, it was your Cowboys stack who patrolled the fantasy mall for you this week. Then there's player loyalty. 
We've all got our favorite mall regulars, those players who've been good to us in the past. But just like Blart had to let go of his old security tactics when the mall got taken over, we've got to look at the here and now. Yesterday's heroes might not fit today's game plan. Cohees, you've been riding the Herbert Express all season, but even Paul Blart knows when it's time to switch gears to avoid smashing into a minivan. Player performance isn't a loyalty program, even if you are a lifelong fan. And handcuffing running backs, sure, it's like having a backup security guard, but sometimes that roster spot is better served by a utility player. Someone who can handle multiple situations, like Blart and his Swiss Army utility belt. Proper football. He hasn't been over handcuffing, no, but he's been neglecting his bench all the same. You're allowed to have six players on there. Fill up your utility belt. And speaking of ignorance, ignoring matchups is like Blart ignoring his desire to ask a girl out. You might think your starters are invincible, but every opponent has a weakness. Sometimes the unassuming bench player is like your secret weapon, like Amy at the wig kiosk. Blitz, you've learned this well. Deploying the Colts defense like Amy deploying beautiful hair transformations at just the right moment against just the right opponent. And chasing last week's performance is like Blart chasing after those skateboarders. Funniest part of the movie. But it might not lead to the outcome you want. Consistency is key. Not just one flashy move. It's about the long game, the long season patrol. Not just the highlight reel. And Buddy Danger, that's me. I felt that sting. Geno Smith's successful October was like Blart running out of juice in a hyperglycemic fainting spell at the end of the police academy test. It was a reminder that last week's heroics are no guarantee of future success. Unlearning in fantasy football, much like in Paul Blart's world, is about adapting, staying flexible, and being ready to embrace new strategies. It's about letting go of the segue when the situation calls for some hot sauce. So let's take a page out of Blart's playbook and remember, sometimes the best way to protect your fantasy mall is to learn unlearn and relearn all season long. If you remember one thing from today, it's this. The mind is the only weapon that doesn't need a holster. Oh, and safety never takes a holiday. Don't forget that either. We have a great show for you today. 10-foot little person is here. Don't forget to leave a voicemail, 407-900-5305. We will be right back after this with more LOL Show. Paul Blart, mall cop. He's not the coolest. That's not supposed to be here. He's not the toughest. Oh, dear. On January 16th. Man, there's some crazy people trying to take over the mall. The only man for the job. I took a sworn oath to protect this mall and alongside it. Is Blart. Oh, that's not too bad. Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Rated PG. And we're back chatting with the Masters yet again, yet another week, yet another interview. We've got another good one for you today, I hope. Uh, a longtime member of LOL since 2013. We've got none other than 10-foot little person. Are you ready for this? What's up, man? 
What's up? I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me, buddy. I've been waiting to do this podcast. Thank you so much. I, you know, you don't have to thank me. The people want you. The people want, you know why I picked you this week is because you changed your name, right? So let's start there. You changed your name. And, and I'm just saying this for <laughs> journalistic purposes. Your name was 10 Foot Midget, right? And you, you joined the LOL in 2013. It was probably more acceptable back in 2013, right? Mm, I, think, I think it was. Uh, Little People of America is a national organization promoting, <laughs> obviously, uh, the, the little people. Uh-huh. And in 2015, I think there was an article that came out and how they were like on an official stance against the word. Okay. And so to, to be honest, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest here. Like it's never really crossed my mind as something truly <laughs> offensive. And I know that makes me sound really, really, I, really ignorant. Totally I, fair. Yeah, I get but it. it. But it's like, it's not, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that much. And it's, and I, I don't run into little people like often. Right. <laughs> um, and so then I was listening to the pod with you and AOL, and I'm not right. going to lie. AOL was like, I know it eats him up, or he said something like that, and then he said my name, you know, some, talking about me. And I was just like, no, it doesn't. What eats me up is that you think that it eats me up. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm uh-huh. going to change it. So now we are 10-foot little people. The irony that AOL pointed out that about you is hysterical to me. The one guy is like the most offensive. Not lost on me. Yeah, that is the best. That was the juiciest part. So now you're 10 foot little person. You're TFLP. I always, I appreciated like the oxymoronic, you know, idea of 10 foot midget. So I'm glad you didn't leave us without that, you know, after the fact. But now you are, I would assume, not the most offensive name in the league anymore, which is probably comforting to you, even though, like you said, you didn't care to begin with. But anyways, introducing to the audience 10 foot midget slash little person and let's get this rolling here. I think we want to start here with the interview today, chatting with the masters with where you've been, because I think that really defines you the most uh, out of everybody here in the league. I know proper football has done some gallivanting. He's over there in Europe and he's bouncing around doing the NFL thing. But for you, I don't know. I feel like it's more extreme. So let's start at the beginning and and before the beginning, like before you met anybody in the LOL, where did you grow up? So I grew up in a little suburb, safe suburb outside of Chicago, Illinois, All known right. as Batavia. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's where I grew up and then ended up going to university in Washington, D.C., and that's really kind of the genesis of all of this. Okay. All right. So you went to the uni- a university. Which university did you go to? I, I went to the appropriately named American University. <laughs> That's awesome. Splash. I wish, you know, that should be in Florida. America University should be in Florida. That's just what I'm thinking. But all right, so you were in D.C. You uh, Then I assume you met High Desa. How did you find your way into the LOL? Yeah, okay. So I was in a band in university, and uh, my drummer, Emerson, uh Worked at the Mandarin Oriental, and he uh, met, ended up meeting high decibels. He ended up meeting proper. I think he met, you know, heaps of people okay. uh, through that. And then, uh, it, yeah, it only took a matter of time before Emerson ended up moving out of the house that I lived in, and high decibels ended up moving in. We made some music together, and then one day he was <laughs> like, "Hey, uh, you want to be in the best fantasy football league ever?" And I was like, uh, "Without doubt, let's go." All right. So you actually lived with high decibels. What was that like? Uh, yeah, it was great. He's a, I still have a, I have a deep cut track of him rapping over some song that we played, uh, in our basement. It was great, man. He's just, he's super awesome. We all love him. Um, 
He knows how to drink lots of beer. Uh, <laughs> and it was just super cordial. And I was just like, what could ever go wrong by joining a fantasy league with, with oh, this yeah. guy? Yeah. Well, that's a good call. That's a good call in hindsight. So you were you were living with high decibels at the time, which was that's an interesting I'm sure that there's stories there. And then you join a league with high decibels. And then how does how does the separation happen? What happened? Why did you guys why why did you guys separate? Why are you not roommates still? Uh, you know, like just time just happens, things <laughs> happen. No, I honestly don't remember. I can't remember if I moved out or if he moved out first, but I eventually ended up taking a job that took me back to Chicago. Right. And I have a feeling that he was still in the place at that time. So uh, that one's on me. All right. So you left D.C. and you went to Chicago. You're still in the LOL. You said, you know what? I'm not going to leave the LOL. You go to Chicago. What is what, what are you doing in Chicago for a living? So in Chicago, I'm working for a software consulting company. They specialize in CRM software. And right. I am essentially a glorified person who puts things on whiteboards and scribbles lots of lines and connects boxes and stuff like that, uh, doing Salesforce implementations essentially. Okay. All right. So you're doing your, all right. So you're a sales guy, you're doing uh you're selling these things, you're pitching these things and you did this straight out of college. No, 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 no. See, no. So I'm the delivery guy. Like now I'm selling, but like at that time, I like, I don't know that anybody even gives a shit about any of this, but at that time, I'm just trying to make the shit work. Like that was my job. Okay, so so you're making it work. Obviously, you made it work well enough because they, the, I would assume, they promoted you to the sales position at some point. So it, while you're in Chicago, you're just learning the ropes. You're learning about the CRM thing. You're you're pitching it to businesses. At least you're telling them how they can integrate this thing. That seems like a lot for someone fresh out of college, but that sounds awesome to do in Chicago. So. How long are you in Chicago for doing this uh, CRM business? Uh, I think it was a couple of years removed from, from college, but fair, yeah, totally fair enough. I, uh, so I was in back in Chicago from 2014 to 2019, and yeah. that's when I ended up moving to Australia. Right. And there was a job switch there. So like, I was working for a consulting company first, and then eventually, gotcha. I think in 2017, I got hired by Salesforce proper. Gotcha. Okay. I, I thought you were trying to mask the name Salesforce for a minute when you were just talking about a CRM in like ambiguity, but now, okay. So you were working on a, like a third party vendor that was using Salesforce and then eventually you get picked up by the actual Salesforce company. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So then they, they send you, you get picked up by Salesforce. You said that this is the point where you transition to this gig and then they send you to Australia. Like what in the world would make you sign up for something like that? So I just, I always regretted not studying abroad in university. And so I was actually supposed to study abroad with uh, the aforementioned Emerson, the drummer in my band. <laughs> okay. And then dude just bailed like two minutes, two months before we were supposed to put down the deposit to go to go to Italy and study for like a semester or two. Typical drummer. And like the whole concept of being able to do that. Uh, yeah. Typical drummer. You can never rely on them <laughs> except for the beat. And so I, uh, I just told him, I, or like the whole idea of like studying abroad at that point was completely lost on me, like doing it by myself. So I just bailed on the whole plan. And then once I got hired by Salesforce, yeah, I realized like it's a global company, global offices. I had yeah. heard some kind of ramblings that like people would be able to switch to different locations. And I said, you know, shit, why, why wouldn't I go for, for an opportunity like, like that? And then I just kind of looked at a map of the world and was like, where's the least likely place that I ever thought I would end up? And 
Yeah, and the upside down is essentially where I landed. Yeah, so let's let's pause there for a second. So, like, you, you're in Australia for you said 2019. So you were there for like four years, basically. Uh, like what? And those four years, we had mm-hmm. a worldwide pandemic. So there's like a lot of other shit going on. But what is like I from an outsider's perspective? I feel like Australia is like the Florida of the world, like the the Florida, if it were a country, is Australia. That's just my perspective from like the media. But what what was it like? What do you remember most about living in Australia? Oh, man, I I still think back on it fondly. It was um, it's just the greatest place ever. I don't know if you could say that about Florida. I know Florida (laughs) is pretty good, but um, it's like it's like if if Florida had like a more communal sense of like citizen involvement and like well-being and care for your neighbor like that might be a pretty good yeah. comment we don't have just, that yeah we don't the have people that. are super lovely no no like right just google florida man like you're not going to see a lot of that in australia at least to that extreme so um yeah it's just the lockdown was awful so i think uh at least in melbourne where where i was living it was at one point like the most locked down city in the entire world wow. like we had this very uh kind of um yeah, just just shitty lockdown experience. Couldn't leave the house for like probably about a year and a half unless you were going to get groceries or get get a jab. Um, but like even through that, I, I saw just like the quality of life, um, the people, yeah, the lifestyle just generally, um, the weather, all of those things. It, it, it still was enough to kind of keep me there throughout the lockdown because there were many times where I was like, I need to just get out of here. It's, it's way too depressing. But um no, I stuck it out, and I'm actually flying back to Australia uh, next week for my citizenship ceremony. So wow. I will be a dual citizen as of next week. That's how much I love it. So you actually like you? It's for the ceremony. So you've already passed the test. Test is done. The test is done, but they won't give you the passport until you raise your hand and and pledge your allegiance <laughs> to uh, to the socialist state down under. <laughs> so what 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 made you want to do that? I mean, it was it just that the the community that you've you fell in love with and it made you want to be a citizen or is there some sort of like tax reason that you want to do this come on there's got to be something here <laughs> it's got it's definitely not tax related i'll tell you that like they, they definitely you know socialism uh like so they they tax you a bit harder i would say in australia as opposed to the states but i think it was just just kind of the flexibility of, of life and just knowing that if i ever wanted to kind of expand my family and um have new opportunities and just yeah just have some flexibility like that's that's something I wanted to give not just myself, but I, I suppose like yeah, my future family. Um, the other the other thing is like, and this this is going to seem ridiculous, but this is how far removed I am from the states. It's like I don't know. You just hear about everything that happens in the states, and I know it's like you know the gun stuff and blah blah blah. I'm not I'm not trying to get into that argument, but like when you're far removed from it and you just see snapshots of America on you know on TV, even if you're American, you start like identifying with how the rest of the world looks at America, like. It's just a crazy place sometimes. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I I wanted that flexibility where if I didn't want to go back to the States, I had another place to call home. All right. I mean, I guess that's fair. And, you know, if you're not living in the filth, the filth can look pretty disgusting. And I get that. And, yeah, we we got a bit of a gun problem here in America. I, what So what's what are the problems like in Australia? There's got to be some negative side to Australia. What, what My perspective, like I, I think of it as like, a, I mean, everybody likes to talk about it was the, a prison, right? It was an island for, for felons hundreds of years ago, but it, that's not the case anymore. <laughs> but what is there other than the couple of major cities? It seems like it's just a desert wasteland. Am I wrong? I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Like it's, 
97% of the same like landmass size as the US, I think. And like, if you look at a map of like the hospitable places in Australia, it's the sliver edge on yeah. like both coasts and yeah. that's about it. Um, yeah, like there's honestly, man, there's not a lot of negatives. It's just great. Like everybody will talk, like I, I guess the toilet flushes in reverse <laughs> and that's a bit jarring when you first, you know, discover that. Is it though? But like even spiders and spiders and snakes and shit like that, like you're not going to see that in the city. It's not, not like down south uh in victoria fair um it's just fucking great like you know you might get punched by a kangaroo if you're like out walking in the bush but like beyond that it's pretty fucking great that's interesting man that's interesting because i have a very limited view of australia it's very far away but i i just have references of like crocodile dundee or the uh you know alligator guy that died with the stingray or like finding dory i think they were in australia like there's not that many things where i'm like oh yeah <laughs> like that's about the limit of that but it's an interesting place i the, a beautiful architecture did you ever do that like the one thing that everybody knows about australia is the sydney opera house have you been there I have been to the Opera House, and it was actually, I believe, designed by an Irish architect ah. uh, who ended up emigrating there. I might be making that up, but that's like obviously a nice time to where I'm at now. Yeah, um, good transition. So the last so, thing I want to say, though, about yeah, well, no, 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 hang on. The, the last thing, I, I, it's really, it's, it's, it's not funny or anything, but like, I think the easiest way I can describe kind of um, living in Australia and like the people specifically is like when I go to work in Australia, mm-hmm. it's like. I am 10 foot little person first and I happen to work at Salesforce second. Whereas my experience in the States is very much like you are the person that works with this company and you happen to be that person underneath. So there's just kind of a different philosophy on, on, on life and how to relate to people. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, uh, transition. So, okay. Well, I mean, that's interesting, honestly. And I do, I personally try to live my life like that too. I don't let my job dictate my, my personality or what I'm doing with my life, but you're right. I I think that is a major American personality trait for a lot of us is that we, our job is our identity. So that if that's a place where you can go, where people don't give a fuck what you do, that's pretty awesome. But then, so you're obviously, I'm, I'm assuming I'm, I'm filling in some blanks here. I'm assuming that while you're in Australia, you're killing it. Uh, at work, they're promoting you. You're making, I assume, a lot of money because then they're telling you, "Hey, ten foot, we need you to move again on the other side of the world over to Ireland." What made you do that? Was it another promotion? Was it just you want a change of scenery? It seems like you really liked Australia. I really, really, really liked, loved, and still love Australia. But uh, I'm essentially torn between the person I love and the place I love, and so I ended up meeting. Oh. Uh, my partner over in Australia, and she happens to be Irish. She had been in Australia for about 10 years and was ready for uh, a stint back home. And I was like, man, you're just uh, way too good to pass up this opportunity um, to see where Ireland goes and this relationship goes. So I'm madly in love with her. She is amazing. Uh, I wish you were here to be on the pod and say hello, but <laughs> nobody would care about that. But yeah, so it was. It wasn't work. It was actually. Uh, it was actually my partner that wow. uh, that drew me over to Ireland. And so again, I just kind of raised. I raised my hand at work, and I was like, "Can we make this happen?" And a year later, here I am. Wow. Okay. I was not expecting that. I feel like. I feel like you've had a bit of a. Uh, justifiably or not, I feel like you've had a bit of a a character. You know, on Slack or in the league of a of a bachelor life. 
Like, I feel like you've you've shared photos in the recent past where you're being like nomadic and you're out in your uh, little tents and stuff and you're traveling around by, I, I thought, yourself. But how long have you been with this new person? So uh, her name is Cabrini and we have been together for two and a half years now. Whoa. Wow. Right on, man. I'm, I'm fucking super happy for you. That's that's amazing. So, I mean, you must really like this chick if you decided to fly around the world and live in her home country for a little while. But other than that, other than finally, you know, semi settling down with someone somewhere, what are you doing in Ireland that was different from what you were doing in Australia? <laughs> Literally everything except dating Cabrini. Um <laughs> It's completely different here. Uh, I mean, I'm doubling up on winter. The weather is definitely not great. Uh, work is presenting its own unique challenges that I did not have in Australia. I'm starting from scratch, man. I've got no capital at work. You know, nobody knows me. Um, yeah, it's it's all it's all just very very different. But um, again, it's it's so worth it to be here. And um, you know, it's it's I guess it's an opportunity to take myself out of my comfort zone because I think one of the things that I fear is becoming too complacent in a certain place in my life uh-huh. and um, waking up regretful, right? So I'd rather kind of find that discomfort at this point in my life, test it out, and then make sure I'm making the right choices. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very different life We're here in Ireland. I'm five weeks in, but um, yeah, so far, like uh, as good as you can expect uh, leaving summer in Australia. That's, man, it seems like that would be a jarring move. Um, was there ever any thoughts of, of going somewhere else or was was uh, your partner like ready to go back to Ireland? That was it. No, you know, like the theme of this week uh, is, is unlearning, I believe. Yes. And um, one of the things that I have had to unlearn is how to show up in relationships. And <laughs> when I met Cabrini, she had mentioned fairly early on while we were dating that, um, Ireland was in, was in, you know, her plans and she was going to go back home and be closer to her family, et cetera. And so I didn't really even want to challenge that if I knew I would be open to going to Ireland in the first place. Now, depending how everything shakes out, obviously, um, I think we would be open to revisiting that conversation, but yeah, rather than just kind of put my foot down and, and say, no, it was like, no, you're absolutely worth it. And I'm not going to make your life more difficult by trying to put another location on you. You've had your, your mind made up. Um, so let's go do this and let's see how we go. Well, that's admirable. And like you said, yeah, this week's theme is unlearning. I would have to unlearn a whole lot if I wanted to do anything like that. Typically I'll wake up on a Saturday morning and have no milk and I'll literally just sit here and be like, well, I guess we're not going to have any milk today. Cause I don't feel like going anywhere. I'm just, I don't want to leave my house ever, <laughs> never. And here you are. Like, I don't even know if you're home right now. Like, you're probably never home. I feel like you do stuff all the time. What's your daily life look like over there with with uh, work and, and, and a new town to explore? Or like, are you still like trying to figure things out or you think like you're you're going to be here for a while? Yeah, very much still trying to figure it all out. Um, but again, on the theme of unlearning and milk, uh, I literally just before this call went out to go get some milk because Cabrini's going to come meet and uh, she's going to come meet me uh, tonight. We're going to go out on a date night. And I know she likes to have her tea in the morning and she can't have it without milk. And I was like, well, there's no milk in the house. So she could either just not have tea or I could just have the milk waiting for her when she wakes up. Now, how good is that? Um, oh, but. Right. Uh, yeah, so it's an adjustment, man. It's an adjustment. I am, uh, I have like a very long commute to the office. Um, I'm, I'm not even living in Dublin. Like I'm, I'm like an hour and a half outside the city up North, like in proper country. So 
it's a tiny little Irish village. Like, you know, you can use your imagination and it's probably not too far off from the truth. All right, man. Well, that is a hell of a life. You've got a lot going on and congratulations on all of it like that. I feel like you've got more. No offense to everyone else in the league, but 10 foot does more than you. He does. He does. He explores more than you. He's more adventurous, adventurous than you. He's obviously a better partner than you. I mean, I'm not going to go get milk for cats or Bapes's coffee tomorrow. I'm going to tell her, go get some fucking milk. You don't have any milk. But here you are. That's puppy love, though. That's puppy love. Enjoy it while it lasts. Now, let's get to the fantasy. You have been in LOL since 2013, and I should be more specific. You've been in same level. You were lucky. You came in before we had relegation, so you didn't have to get promoted in the same level. You've had uh, a phrase, a turn of phrase, for a long time. Tell, share share with the audience what your catchphrase has been. For. It's just perfect for me. Make the playoffs and lose. I make the playoffs, I feel, way more often than I don't, and I lose in the playoffs way more often than I should. 100%. That's, that's it. Yeah. So let's go let's go through it a little bit. So like I said, you entered in 2013. So what that means is that uh, you just finished your 10th season. You are currently in your 11th season. So in your 10 years, if we just start at the beginning, uh, yeah, you've had a really good run. Like, actually, let's not start at the beginning. Let's start from a 30,000 foot approach. We're looking at a final record of just your same level matchups being 165 and 135, meaning that you have a 55% win clip, which I don't think many people can say. I don't think there's very many people that can say they have a positive win clip right now, especially 5% over 500. Like that is, you're making a lot of money in Vegas if that's what you're you're running at. But in your first year, 17 and nine finished in sixth place and you lost to fourth and nine inches in the first round. And that's a... A short little story. Do you remember what was it like your first year when you when you joined the league? My first year was maybe I don't know my second year actually playing fantasy football, second or third. I was like joined like a work league and didn't know anything about it, and I ended up winning that very first year on like the back of Darren Sproles, I think it was. <laughs> so I, you know, when I joined same level, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Um, but yeah, like that's that was really the genesis of my love for fantasy football was not just like playing the game, but it was, I, I suppose, playing the game with the group that we had Fair. and having like a good mate and high decibels and proper eventually like that's kind of where it started. But I know we're yeah, back in 2013, it was all a blur, man. Like I don't I, I couldn't tell you who was on my team or anything like that. No. Go back to the draft. It's probably really sad. Yeah. I think Doug Martin was maybe my first draft pick, which is <laughs> alarming. What was his name? It was like Jim Mouse or something like Muscle Mouse or Muscle. I don't know. He had some weird nickname. Yeah, that you had a run here, though. The hamster. The hamster. There it is. Yeah. Muscle hamster. Something like that. All right. So if we're just looking at it, (laughs) you go from 2013 through 2017. So we go one, two, three, four, five years where you lose in the playoffs. Do you remember any of those? Do you remember so, yeah. how you felt when that, I mean, at what point yeah. did you realize that this was going to be a theme and it seems like this is happening regularly? I don't know. It just honestly feels like a theme in my life. Like I, I, every time I'm ahead, you know, like I'm, I'm actually not, or like, I, you know, I have to get comfortable with disappointment or something after getting my hopes up, you know, my, the, the vivid, most vivid memory, which still, which isn't quite that vivid anymore, I think was, uh, I think it was the year 2015 is when I played tantrums in the, in the final. Correct. And I'm pretty sure that year it was, it was like, it ended up being really close. And I had Adrian Peterson and whoever his backup was, which I don't think it's mad. It wouldn't have been Madison or like Jarek McKinnon or something. Um, can't remember. But the point is I had both of the running backs 
and I played one and I had the option to like play both of them that week. And I thought about playing both of them because I thought they would maybe split carries or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, just roll with Adrian Peterson. And that was my downfall. I was just like, because if I would have played both, I would have won. And like, that was just kind of the tenor for the rest of my career in, in same level. I would yeah. say. I feel so that. Close, but yeah. So your first year, decision. you lost in the first round in your first year to fourth and nine inches. You lost in the first round in your second year to me. I'm sorry. In in your second year, though, you did win the second chance championship. So you get to hang your hat on something. Uh, and then, like you said, in your third year, you made it all the way to the finals, but you lost tantrums. Now, inevitably, tantrums lost in life and she's addicted to drugs now. But you, and you're not. You're doing all right. So, you know, you think about it like that. And the following year. You lost to Blitz in the first round. So you made the playoffs again, and then you lost to Blitz. And then the year after that, we're in 2017 now. You made the playoffs again, and you lost to Terrible Tally. So if we're looking at where you've finished in those years, you're looking at 6th, 5th, 2nd, 8th, and 4th. So it's like, I don't know, mediocre finishes, but still like with hope. Like you're making the playoffs every single year. You have the hope. You're doing well. Like every single one of these records, I believe, was over 500 except for one. And then in 2018, you hit the floor, 10 and 16, and you didn't make the playoffs. Like, did that did that make you question your tagline of make the playoffs and lose? Do you feel like you were on a downward trajectory at that point? No, no, because I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that, no, it didn't make me question my strategy or my ability to win. It made me question the types of people that I was playing with in this league because I think that was the year that I happened to be on a plane during our draft. <laughs> and some of you may have conspired to have me take Tom fucking Brady as like my third pick in the draft, you dickhead. Well it worked um, out for and you. So yeah, I I don't wanna I, <laughs> He did okay. I don't know if it did. And uh, yeah, if that was the year it, it wasn't great, but like I chalk all of my bad decision making from that year to something that had nothing to do with my choosing and it was all your fault. I would do the same the rest of the league's fault. But I would, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I kept the hope. I kept the hope. All right. Well then, so you, you kept the hope and that was good because the following year in 2019, you did really well. You had a reverse uh, the year before you were 10 and 16 this year, you're 16 and 10. You did great. You made the playoffs. You bounced through the playoffs super easily, but then you lost in another final to fourth and nine inches. And that's just got to sting like, going five years in a row to the playoffs, missing the playoffs, and then returning to the playoffs and going all the way to the final for your second appearance in the finals and then to lose again to the literally the guy who won too much fourth and nine inches. That stinger, right? Such, such a dagger. Like, you know, was very good friends with Johnny, uh, excuse me, fourth and nine inches. But, um, you know, he was he was competing for a repeat two piece, and I just wanted to be yeah. the thorn in his side that prevented him from doing it. Because he won in thirteen, he won in fourteen, he right. won in eighteen, and I was like, "Here's my big chance!" And I just, um, I just shit the bed. I just couldn't get it done, and uh, yeah, it sucked. It was really painful. Yeah, I'd imagine it was. And the following year, it you know it bared out. Like it seemed like you were down. You were twelve and seventeen, and you didn't make the playoffs. It was only for the second time since twenty thirteen you didn't make the playoffs. And then we moved. That was obviously COVID. There's you're probably still getting adjusted to Australia at that point. So moving to Australia, losing in the finals to fourth, and then not making the playoffs for two years in a row because you didn't make the playoffs in twenty twenty one. You did win the second chance championship. But then let's fast forward all the way to last season in 2022. You made the finals again. You made the finals. You lost to high decibel 108 to 67, man. You got crushed in the finals. Do you remember that at all? Not that long ago. 
Yeah, selective amnesia, man. I'd like to forget it. Um, <laughs> no, like we all know what happened. We all know Damar Hamlin and the tragedy that unfolded. And, you know, I would say at this point in the league, there was a lot of like contention. And, you know, maybe we'll get into it at some point. But I feel like I <laughs> like play a certain role in this league. And par- part of it is a bit and part of it is like, you know, kind of honest. And we can certainly unpack that. But like, that was that was kind of at the height of like some contentious stuff. And then I'm in the championship. The game doesn't even get played. I've got Jamar Chase that's playing. And I'm not saying it, it's likely to happen, but the man has put up 45 point yeah. performances before. And I was like, there's a chance. And then, yeah, like everything just happened. Like we didn't replay. And I just, I kind of looked at it and I was like, that is a margin that I cannot make a compelling argument against. Like high decibels, take, take, take the win. You deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That was a pretty big spread. I think we definitely high decibels conceded Omega in the opposite direction because of the same game. But you if we're looking back on last year on silver linings, you did finish the year 19 and 12. You had almost 3300 points, which is insane. Um, you, you finished you got the third place thing. But I think the most important thing from last year was that you won major one. Do you actually remember winning major one? Was that even on your radar or did you find out way after the fact? I I remember you telling me that I won major one. Like I try <laughs> to stay tapped in and I'm definitely doing uh, a lot more to, to stay tapped into all of your kind of evil machinations, uh-huh. as, I, as I often call it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like won the major and I'm very delighted to have won it again this year so that I just like this dynasty monster that I'm building in Omega, I yes. can carry forward its Quint years and just destroy so i'm i was very excited about winning the major and even more this year now that i know it's going to continue yeah so yeah so about that so 10 foot one major one last year and he won major one this year in same level so he's going to get to keep his franchise ball spire rolling in omega and what are your thoughts on omega so far you're currently in second place this year you've already qualified for 2024 you got uh josh allen you got Bijan. you got olave you got saquon barkley we tell me tell me your thoughts on the current setup that we've got in Omega and your outlook for future, the future of ball spire. Yeah. So at some point on Slack, I think some, it might've been you, you were talking about like, you weren't thinking about it as like a dynasty thing, or I might be misremembering, mm-hmm. but I was like, that's interesting. Cause I'm like thinking about this com- in the complete opposite direction. Like I draft a certain way in the same level. And when it came to Omega this year, I was like, I've got to have a completely different philosophy. Now I forgot that I, it wasn't going to be guaranteed that I was right. going to be in subsequent years. So that, you know, maybe I lucked into kind of the way that I've drafted uh, for the future, but um, I was like, I need to go young. I need to get like young towns and I want to build this thing for like the long haul. Um, I think Omega is great, man. Like I've, I've given you a lot of shit um, again, half trolling, half not on some of the stuff that we've done in the league. I deserve um, it, but I'm like wholly appreciative of it. No, no, you, you, you don't, you don't. Um, like some of the trolling is fun, but like the non-trolling stuff, it's really great. Right. So I think what we've done with Omega, like, putting this kind of D and D overlay and these like RPG elements. Like I'm a, I'm a massive gamer. I, I absolutely fell in love with all of that travel penalties, looking at like different modifiers that we could put into the following year. Um, I'm really, really, really enjoying it. I just, I think there's, um, I think there's an opportunity to fix CBS's <laughs> rankings because I've been staring at this thing and I didn't realize that I've actually don't have the right ranking uh, in yeah, standings yeah. in CBS. I thought I was like, I'd only lost one. Um, but yeah, like Omega's been 
been great this year, man. Fucking genius idea. Listen to him, folks. The man speaks the truth. Omega is serious. And, and, and speaking of Omega, there's about to be another way to win, and that's Major 2. It's starting in one week. And if you're qualified, you can check. You're, you you could be qualified. I think 10-foot, you're right there on the line right now for qualifications for another major victory. That'd be pretty sweet. So everybody, if you want to get in Omega, focus up. Major 2 is about to start. So let's get back to your same level team before we get into the first and 15. And this year, you are currently 9-9, nine and nine and you're in sixth place. So you're right there in the middle, right around your 55% win percentage overall. Um, you kept Jamar Chase in the fifth, which was... A hell of a value. You got him in the six last year, I think. Like you've you've had him for a couple years now. That's a great keeper. Um, but you also kept uh, the one and only Justin Fields in the seventh round. And as someone who also has Justin Fields, how does that make you feel? It's a piece of shit situation, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 definitely not great. I was very very nervous about uh, the, my keeper selection this year on on Fields because I think I had Mahomes as well, and I could have kept him in the second. Um, but it was like, it was the value that you can pass up. And yeah. I know the Chicago bears are a dog, are a dog shit team, but yeah. like Justin Fields from a fantasy perspective, like he was really turning it on last year. So it hasn't been great, but like, honestly, my quarterback situation is the least of my fucking problems this year. Um, like, I just don't understand my team. I don't know if this is where you want to go, but like, I have the most manic team I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like, how do you go? scoring like 44 points one, one week. And then the next week, 150 and like doing that multiple times throughout the year. It's so confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you actually, really frustrating. when you won major one, the final week, you scored that 45 points or whatever. Like I can't believe someone would win a major with a score like that because your two weeks before that were so fucking good like that. Yeah. You have had a very much a, a hyperbolic season. I'm right there with you though, because I also drafted Justin Fields and I invested more than a seventh rounder in him. Um, and then I also drafted Bijan Robinson, just like you. Um, and we both took him in the first round and that is, that's killing us right now. It's killing us. What are we supposed to do about Bijan? It, it is, it is killing us. And if I have the time, I'm going to throw up a new uh, segment that I, I'm going to propose we do each week uh, right. during the voicemail. Right. And I'm going to address that Bijan situation during the voicemail uh, head on. So right. uh, I suppose stay tuned for that because it's, it's fucking hot garbage. It's so frustrating. It's killing what me. is Arthur Smith doing? What is he actually, why is he coaching? I don't know. It, it makes no sense. Like go, go get another hobby. You threw a, you're billionaire. He seems, he seems like he hates it. He seems like he hates fucking NFL uh, coaching. He hates football. He hates all of it. He's perturbed by any question. He hates the fact that he can't, like, nobody is ever going to look at him and be like, wow, you did something good on your own accord. He'd rather run the Falcons into the ground than anybody look at him and be like, oh, you're just doing good because you got a handout from your father because he, like, owns FedEx, you know, and you got gifted B. John Robinson and Drake Clark. He'd, he'd rather just run this team into the ground on his own accord. This guy is so frustrating. Anyways, I'll save the rest of it for a voicemail. Yeah. He makes me so angry. He's a piece of shit. And he looks like a fucking potato face idiot after he shaved his mustache. And he had a bad mustache. He should have just kept it. Anyways. All right. We're going to get into everybody's second favorite segment of the episode, and that's first and 15. All right. And this is rapid fire questions. You're going to answer them as fast as you can. Unless you can't, then you can take your time. You get it. All right. And you have to be honest. First question. And a lot of this, you're going to notice our themes around places that you've lived all right and we're going to try and suss out which one you like the most i think we kind of know but we're going to figure it out question one roasted lamb coddle stew or deep dish pizza roasted lamb i'm going to say yes because uh deep dish pizza is not pizza and the coddle stew thing it looks 
It looks like garbage. That's what uh, apparently Irish stew, coddle stew. It. I'm sorry. Bapes would love it. She's a soup lady, and but I don't know coddle stew. I, have you enjoyed the food in Ireland yet? I've literally never heard of that. And based on what you just described, I hope I never have to. <laughs> Sounds awful. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. No. Definitely. Definitely the lamb. All right. I'm with you on that. I love lamb. I wish they weren't so pretty before you kill them. All right. So question two, you took Brees Hall in the fourth round. The last time the Jets won everything was in Super Bowl three. What year was that game played? What is that question? What? <laughs> 2003? What? <laughs> I said that the, the, the last time the Jets won everything was in Super Bowl three. What year was that game played? Oh, Super Bowl three. Okay, yeah, I uh, I missed the question. Wouldn't have gotten gotten it anyways. All right. Well, the answer was 1969. 1960, I don't know, 1960. 1969. Oh, it, damn it. You missed it. I, I got it in there. Last week, Fornicators got Every it. Time. This week, 10-foot didn't get it. 1969. Come on. If it's a question that you are, you're not supposed to know, then obviously the answer is 69 somehow. All right. I won. Question three. Um, Name two U.S. sports teams with mascots from Ireland. Uh... Two U.S. sports team with mascots to the Irish and uh, Boston Celtics. Does that count? Boom. That's it. Those are the two. I don't think there's any more, actually, unless it's some like D3 school or something. Question four. Name Australia's current head of state. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. Nope, that's not right. <laughs> head of state. The head of state is actually the king of Australia, his majesty, King Charles III. That's a true answer. You should have known that. It was the queen. You believe I passed? You believe I passed the citizenship? I don't know. Exam? I'm gonna so have bad. to make a phone call. Question five. All right. If you could steal any player to upgrade your current starting lineup, who would it be? I could steal any player and insert them into my starting lineup. Um, uh, give me. I don't know. Give me. Oh, who's who's the who's the guy? So I fell asleep. I fell asleep and I forgot to put my waiver claim in. I don't even think he's gonna be that good. But whoever Towley just got spent twenty bucks on him. Carry on Johnson or Williams or I can't remember his name. You know the what? guy in Baltimore. Tally's like the best team in the whole LOL. So I'll say you're probably right. That's a good that whatever he says, I'll go with that. Question six. Back to Australia. The Commonwealth of Australia constitutionally consists of how many federated states? Oh, citizenship exam part two. <laughs> what is it? Victoria, Queensland, Bris, uh, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, uh, Western Australia. Northern Territories is a territory. ACT is a territory. And Tasmania, I don't know, five? There's six. Six, according to Wikipedia. Now it is Wikipedia. I don't know. Six, man. Sorry. Question seven. Question seven. All right. Chicken or fish? Give me the fish. That's right. I believe you had the chicken before, right? And we had a problem with that. Oh, yeah. I told you, I just covered up that story, though. It wasn't about the chicken. It wasn't about the chicken. I'll leave that there unless you want to go there. But, I do yeah, want to go there. Fish. I know you you, you did. <laughs> you told us that, but not everyone heard that. I think you said it at the lottery. Go ahead. Tell everybody. There was a there was a trip. Tell us the story. Yeah. So we went to the BGG in Ocean City, Maryland, <laughs> had our in-person draft. It was one of my best like memories of the last 10 or so years or whatever it was. And um on the way, I I drove, I think I drove proper to, uh, I picked him up from the airport and we drove over to Ocean City. And we stopped at this little like shack and they were doing like crab cake sandwiches or some shit uh, nice. and, and like a chicken burger. So I got the chicken because I didn't like crab or I didn't know if I'd like it or whatever. So like I got that and then we go back to the place and we're all hanging out 
and we may have become a bit too intoxicated on multiple substances. And old Richie Rich over here, ten foot little person, cannot hold uh, hold it together, and just spent about an hour and a half in the bathroom. I think I fell asleep in the bathroom, but it wasn't because of the chicken. It's just because I was such a lightweight and I couldn't hang with everybody, and I was so embarrassed to admit that. <laughs> I wanted you to say it again for everybody on the podcast, but yeah, when you, I think you said that at the lottery, I died. It was just too funny because for years we just made fun of you for having the shits but it was really just like you probably got super paranoid anxious from too much weed <laughs> just the best story I, so. I, I think no I, I definitely I definitely projectile vomited but it was not for the reasons I told you all for the last 10 years <laughs> all right next question question eight how many playoff games have you won oh god um I'll say nine You've only won seven. You've only won seven. Question nine. How many playoff games have you lost? One, two, three, four, eight. So close. So close. It's seven. You're seven and seven. In in the playoffs, you're seven and seven. Doesn't it sound crazy that you're you're five hundred in the playoffs and your slogan is make the playoffs and lose? It sounds like you do pretty well in the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> All right, quick Omega, Omega riddle. Next oh. question, question 10. The Omega Strong this Omega Stronghold is only a minus 2 point travel penalty west of Ballspire, but it's still one of the most isolated cities on the map. Which location am I talking? Uh west? Mm -hmm. That's got to be Battle that's got to be Battlejacks. That's right. That's right. I tried to I tried to switch up the Omega question this week with a with a directional one and you got it. That's right. Battlejack one of the only islands. Next question, number eleven. How did you? No, hang on, pause, pause. Sorry, real quick. How did you make that map? It's it's freaking beautiful. Did you did you just grab it from somewhere? Or did you just have like mid journey do it? Fifty fifty. There's a there's a community of map makers, and it's like an application, and you pay like six bucks a month, and you can kind of like copy or clone another map, and then you can fuck with it. So it was like a combination of like something that already existed, and then I went in there and fucked it all up and made it different um but yeah so like oh. no nobody does anything from scratch anymore this is a chat gpt era that is it is great artist deal yeah no love it okay cool yeah next question let's the, go question 11 chris hemsworth michael fassbender or barack obama <laughs> uh, oh god you gotta pick I one know, man. give me hemsworth what give me hemsworth <laughs> you, you can't you can't not say obama He's the only good thing about America in the last 20 years. All right. Straight up. Question 12. Name the superior time zone. Central Standard Time, Australian Eastern Time, or Greenwich, Greenwich Mean Time? <laughs> I'll take Greenwich Mean Time, man. Like, it's the zero. It's, it's literally the standard for the rest of the world. How could that not be the best? You know what? I would normally say that, but this was a trick question. The true answer is Eastern Standard Time. It's the only champion. But you're right. If I were to pick a secondary one, I would go with minus zero. GMT. I'm tired of this. But you know what? Are you going to deal with, with I, I think, a, a minus one? Doesn't Ireland uh, participate in Daylight Savings Time? They do. We actually just switched the clock. So we are, yeah, we just changed them on Halloween weekend. So, yeah, yeah, there's that. Ah, fucking daylight savings time. I hate that shit. All right, next question. Question 13. This is a long one. Listen up. The Falcons, the Falcons are on the Bucks' 38-yard line. They face a fourth and four. There's three minutes and 37 seconds left to go in the game, and the Falcons are down by four, so they can't kick a field goal. Which player do they target to get the first down? 
Arthur Smith throw it off his head. Bijan catches it in the end zone. Game over. <laughs> you know what? I I want to hit the ding and the buzz at the same time. I'm gonna say no because there is no chance he would ever target Bijan. The answer is anyone except for Bijan. <laughs> Next question. Uh, Arthur Smith, man, give me give me the point. <laughs> there you go. You got it. Fuck Arthur Smith. Next question. Question fourteen. Which SLFFL team will take home the hammer and which will be relegated this year? Oh, God. Um, I mean, Tali's crushing it. Like, yeah, you can't argue against that. Tali's absolutely crushing it. Um, uh, also, like, Munchin on Munchin, uh, I think, has the best record in the, sa- in the same level since, since she's been in. So, like, also, big shout out to Munchin. Um, yeah, she's really good. So I'll, I'll, I'm just I'm just I'm just going to go chalk for the win. I'll just I'll give it to ta- uh, to Tally because, okay. as you've rightly pointed out, blitzed proper fraud. <laughs> Munchin don't know if she's got it. Tally's just dominating. Yeah. And then who's going to get relegated? Like it pains me to say it, but the, the only guy I've managed to lose to and been like fully embarrassed about this year, uh, not because he's a less of a less of a man, but <laughs> he's just that 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 team he's got is not good. But smoking blunts, man. Uh, I hate to see it, but. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> it is going to happen. I can't wait. Come on down to the far, buddy. All right. Question 15. Final question. Got to take this seriously. And I'm glad that you answered the way that you just did because it sets us up. Great transition. Final question. You got to be serious. Uh, you know, don't be upset that I'm asking you this. Tell the truth. All right. In 2019, the Illuminati won the Omega Championship. You ran that team with smoking blunts. Percentage-wise, how much did each of you actually contribute to managing the team? That was 50-50. Oh. Just the best. best that is 50/50. bullshit. That's bullshit. You know it. 50-50, my ass. Smoking. Look at it. <laughs> you guys are going to go to the grave with this shit. I hate Omimit. All right. That was first of 15. You definitely got the first down. Congratulations. And let's get into the final segment of this, this week. We have, and that's called Spread Spread Total. And Spread Spread Total, we are, you know, just full transparency. Tenfoot and I are speaking way early in the day. In fact, we started speaking before the sports book opened for the week. So I don't have that in front of me. I'm going to have to pull it up on FanDuel, which is where we get our numbers from. And I haven't even made my picks yet, but that's lucky for me because you get to go first. I want you to give us your first spread pick of the week. All right. First spread. Is this a good time to tell you? I don't actually know like how any of this works and I don't gamble. <laughs> and I fuck? literally put my first bets on the sports book last week <laughs> to get ready for this. All right. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, so, like, my logic with Eliminator, which is kind of related to this, is, like, pick yeah. pick the team that has, like, the biggest, what is it, the spread, right, right. with the minus sign in front of it. Right. Uh, give, give me the Cowboys that, whatever, 16 and a half. I don't know if they're given or taken. I don't know how it works, but that's the one I want. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to let you have it, because that basically means that they have to win by 17 for you to be right there, and that's a pretty fucking enormous spread. The Giants do suck, though. So that's that's what your first pick is. Cowboys minus 16 and a half. Wow. All right. Amazing. Well, I, you know, I'm going to find, you know what I'm going to go and I like to bet against teams. That's my theme. Now I will rewind a bit and say that I lost last week to fornicators, another loss. So I've lost to AOL and I've lost to fornicators. I'm not happy about those things, but I'm back on my wagon this week and I'm going Raiders plus one and a half against the jets, the jets. Oh my God. The jets looked so incredibly bad last night. Uh, or the, in Monday night football when they were up against the Chargers. I don't think that they can score any points. Giving the Raiders a couple of points at home, I don't care who plays for the Raiders. The Jets suck. So Raiders plus one and a half. Give me your next spread pick, 10 foot. Next spread pick. Looking at the little numbers here. I like this whole betting against the team. I think that's pretty pretty cool. Um, let's go with 
he's worth betting against. He's absolutely just hot garbage. Oh, you know what? Give me, uh, give me, uh, I don't know if this is really betting against the one team, but give me the Colts over the Patriots. How, how absolute trash are the Patriots? Sorry, smoking plums. <laughs> what is it? One and a half for the Colts? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're going to win that game. I was literally going to take that, man. I do. I think that they're, yeah. Patriots look really bad. Washington beat them. That's pretty bad. Washington's in full on tank mode and they had the ability to beat the Patriots in New England, I believe. Like that's just and also they have a fake lighthouse at the stadium now. We'll get into that in the future. Just a fake fraud franchise. Smoking blunts. Get out of here. All right. So you're gonna take the Colts minus one and a half at the Patriots. That's a good one. I am going to go, hmm. This is a tough one, but uh I'm gonna go with the Saints. Minus two and a half. They're at the Vikings. I think the Vikings, even though Josh Dobbs looked really good last week, I think that's just that's that's puppy love, like your current relationship with your with your new girlfriend. I think it's just, you know, he, he it's luck. It's early for him. He just came in there. They didn't know what to expect. And he won. That's that's easy. I think he comes back to reality and the Saints will beat the Vikings this week by more than two. Now, give me your your one and only total pick over under total pick over under. Uh, God, I really don't know how to do all this gambling shit. Uh, <laughs> give me this. I'm just looking at lots of numbers here. Yeah. Uh, give me, you know what? This is probably a really stupid pick, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, betting, I'm betting. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know how any of this should work. You give me yours. Give me yours. You know what? I will. I will. I'll give you mine. And uh, this week we got Washington at Seattle. The over under is 45 and a half. I don't think Washington can score that many, even though they just beat the Patriots. That doesn't mean very much. Washington won't score very much. They will be under 45 and a half for that game. Okay. Okay. I like it. And everybody like I see on Slack, they're always like over gang, over gang. And I guess that's because you guys like watching like fun football that isn't right. defense focused. So right. give me the over in the... Oh, give me the over in the Cardinals Texans game. What, 46 and a half? Come on. Come on. Easy, easy money, guys. I don't don't know about that. The Cardinals suck. But all right. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. That spread, spread total. Hopefully, because you don't know what you're doing, I'll get another dub. Probably not, though. I've been just on a fucking tear with losses recently. It's killing me. me. I got to stay off the sports book. I don't, don't get involved in that shit. If you (laughs) haven't, don't start. It's not, it's not good. Anyway. Oh, this was an interesting little interview because we did it so early. I'm not used to this. Normally, I've got a beer in my hand, and then this week, I've got a coffee in my hand. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you finding time. You know, you're all time zoned ahead of me, so we had to set this up a couple of days in advance, and I'm sure everyone appreciates having heard from you. Congratulations on the move to Ireland. I thought it was just for work, which would have been very lame, but learning that it was for a lot more than that is very nice. I feel awesome about that honestly i felt i've always been a little bit sad about 10 foot i'm like he must be a lonely guy he's out there all by himself in australia now he's over here in ireland he's got to be but no this whole time he had he had someone that's awesome i you know congratulations on that i wish you the best i can't wait to meet her i can't wait for you to invite her to our new baby level that's going to start next year that's definitely happening right you're going to do that yeah yeah absolutely uh 100 i'll invite her uh, she won't know what the hell she's doing um but yeah be happy to get her in her in there and um yeah last last little just parting comments man uh i'd be remiss to not say like honestly thanks for like having the best fantasy football league like you do the podcast all the crazy different like side games (laughs) the 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 multi-tiered different leagues that we've got going on we got a website uh dude you're always just putting so much into this and it's really honestly admirable we've got like the best players that play in the league slack level is awesome um like an engagement there 
Uh, like we do double headers. How good are fucking double headers? <laughs> Nobody does double headers. And like, that was an original like idea that you had like amazing. So anyways, seriously. Um, yeah. Thanks for everything that you do. Love the fantasy league. I'm glad we're like on good terms now because it's a bit dicey for a bit, but it's all in good, good fun. And la- like last thing I'm going to say, last thing is um, I feel like every league needs like, but like politics, you need either two parties or multi-party to like make yeah. sure that the balance is maintained. So anytime that you felt that I've been trolling you know that I might have been, but also I just want to make sure that this very good thing that we have like stays good and doesn't get too crazy. I, and that's why I've been the way I have been for the last 10 years, but that's it. I appreciate that. You know, nobody likes to live in an echo chamber, even though I definitely have created one here. Right. And I could say, loud when good and people will hashtag that shit for weeks i've created an echo chamber so i appreciate when someone will go against the grain and check me on things and there's never been any ill will i've always appreciated it now have there been times in december where we're talking about rules and i'm like come the fuck on it's december yes there have been but we need that we need that that little (laughs) bit of you know temperature rising at the end of the year to make everyone's blood boil just a little bit like we do appreciate that. We appreciate what you do to bring that element to the league. And I appreciate you bringing an hour of your time this week to us so we could hear from you. Thank you again for your time and congratulations on everything you got going on in Ireland and best of luck the rest of the season, man. We love you. Thanks, buddy. Good luck, man. Cheers, mate. Later. Discover what Paul Blart is made of. You requested a bottomless bowl of M&M's. Sugar level drops. So do I. (laughs) Blart is big fun. (laughs) Blart is big laughs. Monkey hopping it. Still got it. Blart is... Vegas. El Gordo. Robocop. Airbag. You lost me on that last one. A comedy for the whole family. Yeah. Let's clink laugh. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. Oh my God, we're back. What an interview that was. What an interview. 10 foot coming through in the clutch with an excellent, excellent explanation. We've been wondering, honestly, I've been sitting here just worried sick about him gallivanting around the world. I'm thinking, you know what? This guy's all alone. He, he's got to be so sad, so alone, all by himself out there in Australia. Now he's going to go to Ireland. He's just searching for something. Give this guy something. And he's got something. He had something the whole damn time. The whole time. Amazing. Amazing. I love it, man. That was like the fact that we found out that 10 foot has a longtime girlfriend and that's the reason that he moved to Ireland. Like you could just, I I could lose the rest of the interview. That just puts a big smile on my face. I'm happy that we learned that excellent news. Speaking of excellent news in the opposite direction, meaning not excellent news, Thursday night football. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh yeah. So I am uh, recording this during the game right now. It's almost halftime. Two minutes to go. 10 to six. (laughs) The one and seven Panthers against the two and seven Bears, ten to six with two minutes to go in the first half. Um, if this stays the way that it's going, it's gonna hit the under. I think the over. I think the total is like thirty six and a half. It's low. It's low. 
but <laughs> it's not. It can't get. Yeah, can't do it. And what I think one of these touchdowns, I, I missed it, but I think it was a punt return. Yeah, I'm watching it now on the on the monitor. Yeah, not good, man. And you know who really got fucked? Which is if if silver linings were looking for those today, Jeff Bezos. This guy <laughs> Thursday night football on Amazon. He got screwed on that deal worse than his divorce. I mean. That was the worst divorce of all time. And this Thursday night football thing seems worse. And you know what's crazy? Not just Thursday night football, but all primetime games this season. Look at the numbers. I'm telling you right now. And all of us, overgang, overgang, overgang. Primetime unders this year, 22 and 7. I can't make that up. That's more than a trend. 22 and 7. Call me under gang when it's dark out and it's getting dark early as shit right now. Oh my God. What else is going on? Oh, one more thing. One more thing I wanted to mention before, before we get into voicemails. This is, you know what? Great news. Great news. Everyone, the Cardinals, Arizona, they've activated Kyler Murray after 10 months. We thought he was dead. We thought he was dead, and that's when he sat right up and said, guess what? I might actually play this weekend. But hold up. Record scratch. (laughs) As you listen to this podcast, we're going to release this podcast tomorrow morning. Also releasing tomorrow morning is Modern Warfare 3. You can't make this up. You can't. Make this up. The dude is gone for 10 months and he comes back the fucking day they release the new Call of Duty. I don't know. Fade the Cardinals. Fade the Cardinals. I feel like the public's going to be on him. If he actually plays, they're going to be like, oh my God, Kyler Murray's back. Fade him. Fade him. He's probably already got platinum assault rifles. Wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt Unless he listened to today's episode, that might help him. He needs to unlearn those habits. Just don't buy the game. That's how I I quit Call of Duty. Just uninstalled. And then I just blocked it from all of my Google News. I said, stop telling me about it. Just don't tell me about it. I mean, maybe he's doing that. Unlearning. It's healthy. You got to really just, you know, sometimes you just got to empty the poor. Just get all that shit out of there. Clean slate. No No more Call of Duty, Kyler. Call it quits, man. All right. This is what you guys were waiting for. We're going to get into the voicemails now. We got a little bit of, we got some content here. All right. Some of them are long. Some of you guys found out that uh, there's a three-minute limit. Limit, limit, limit. There's a three-minute limit on voicemails, FYI. It will cut you off right there abruptly. And then it will tell you that it didn't do anything. Ask caters. (laughs) All right. Without further ado, the voicemail segment, everybody's favorite. We got a few here. Let's just jump right into it with Caters. First message. One, two, three, and two, the four. W's in a row, so fornicators at the door. Ready to make a comeback, so watch out, y'all, because Caters about to rip shit up. <laughs> Dímelo. Hello, my love. Aquí en Miami, tomando cafecito, un poquito de croqueta preparada. All right. Yeah. Y haciendo... Haciendo la bachata, mm-hmm. tú sabes, bailando, having a good time. Because yeah. fornicators winning four in a row, he can't stop, man. He can't stop. But unfortunately, he's going up this week against Saxon the City. Ooh. And I know Saxon the City has also won four in a row. 
but she's going to hit yeah. a sledgehammer because <laughs> Josh Allen going up against Denver. Oh, yeah. Might be six in a row this week, guys. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of going up or coming up the standings and being getting to the top, I'm facing the brothers in losses, Coheed and Tally and Omega, and they're going to need a towel to wipe <laughs> down those tears. Right? We also didn't speak about best ball in our interview there, uh, buddy. I'm sorry. Last week. However, I did want to tell you that I faced the number one guy in best ball last week and took him out, too. All right. He was 8 and 0. I stopped that win streak. So, thank you. By the way, for those of you that don't know, best ball, really getting tight. Everybody is within one or two games of the playoff spot. So, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, baby. Towards the end here. All right, and I also wanted to just touch bases with you one more time because I know that during our interview, we didn't talk about or we talked about Luke and you had no idea who I was talking about. Yeah, so who is that? Let me give you a little little bit of what Luke's about here in Miami. All right, cool. Let me see you pop your bags, take the through the pack. I want to rock, I want to rock, I want to rock. Woo! Dolly! Fornicators <laughs> up in here in Miami. We're doing this shit right. In case you guys still don't know who Luke is, I'm going to play another song, which I know you guys have all heard, all right? And you guys have definitely been jamming to it. Here we go. December! I said, what's up, birthday monster again? Woo! Let's go! Fornicators! We're moving up to standing! Tómate un cafecito y vamos a coger majeritas. Let's go. <laughs> My man, you had the cafecito rolling today. He's on fire. Fornicators is on fire. He's just like ruthless with the voicemails. That is, I mean, the energy, the energy. He's not like aggressive towards anyone in particular. Just the energy that he brings. I love it. I love it. I don't even know what he's saying. I mean, it's a Spanish thing. I don't speak Spanish. I wish I did. God, I wish I spoke Spanish, but I just don't have the time to learn anything. I did learn that Fornicators beat me last week. I'm part of his 4-0 streak, and I'm sad to say it. But he is, you know, he is turning it around, man. He is turning it around quick. And I mean, he could quickly be another one that jumps into that second major, wins it all, and locks up Battle Jack's retreat for another year. And shout out Better Ball. He was calling it Best Ball. That is, that's what it's called, technically. But we like to call it Better Ball. And you're right. I do need to talk about it a little bit more. We're going to get a Better Ball update soon. Maybe next week. Speaking of next. Next voicemail.
All right. Yeah. I didn't expect to get a, vo- a voicemail from AOL that he's still sleeping over here. I didn't expect him to get a voicemail in here that had him quoting Biggie. That's like the last person I would assume. Right. That was Biggie, right? Used to used to read Word Up magazine. And also, yeah. So you sent a trade to Bapes. And she doesn't look at that stuff. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I, I <laughs> she looks at fantasy a couple of times a week. You know, there's waivers night. There's checking to make sure she doesn't have a Thursday night player. And then that's it. Sunday afternoon. That's it. Like, so if you send her a trade offer, she's probably not going to see it for a couple of days. Having said that, I know... I know now that the trade offer had something to do with like CJ Stroud from AOL going to Bapes for Alvin Kamara. I know that there was two other players involved, but I think that was like the crux of it was like he was trying to sell super high on CJ Stroud and she has Alvin Kamara that seems to be doing a pretty good job. Solid running back this year. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She does need a quarterback, though. But I'm not buying any quarterback being traded to me after they score 50 points. Like, literally, I don't know. It's just, it's scary to me. That's going to, regression city. And I've got CJ Stroud in Omega. Terrified. Terrified of him. Hey, well, you're killing it. Next voicemail. Yo, what up, buddy? What's good? It's your boy, Smoking Blunts, calling in. Show some love. Just mm-hmm. seen my football season end. The Patriots got fucking embarrassed at home. I watched it in person. <laughs> Mac Jones ain't that guy. Nah. But shout outs to all my Washington fans. Shit. Been giving y'all shit for years. Keep it and up. I was with two of y'all to see my team get embarrassed in person. Damn shame. But, you know, your boy howling at the moon looking pretty good, dropping them dimes. <laughs> you know, so that's all right. Um, I also wanted to put my... Uh, Two opponents on notice this week. If I had two locks, I'd put them on both y'all bitch asses. Um, you know, I feel like I'm going to come up. Might only have five wins or six wins or whatever it might be, but I'm on the come up, and I ain't going back to the farm. I'll tell you that now. My bold proclamation of the week. But um, otherwise, you know, shout-outs to all the folks keeping it real up here in the same level, cooking some risotto right now. <laughs> in honor of my boy Joe Gabagool, <laughs> fuck the Bills. Um, but yeah, hope y'all are doing good. Can't wait to do the Secret Santa joint. Yeah. People been hitting me up, trying to figure out who I got. I ain't saying shit. I ain't saying nothing. Hope y'all have a good week and hail to the higher level. Got it. That's what's up. And who's asking him who he's got? Don't, none of this, no finding out who's got who. You're going to fucking ruin it. And I will ruin you. Don't do that. Now, Smoke and Bloods, he he is right. He should put his his uh, opponents on notice. He is one of the teams in the mix to qualify for Major 2. He's 2 and 2 right now in qualifying. So yeah, he has been on the come up slightly. If you consider 500 better than what he started the year at, well, under 500. But that was negative luck. We've talked about that. He had like negative 69% luck rate, right? At one point, hey, it's going to return to the mean. You're fine. Now you're 500 over the last two weeks. You win two this week, and boom, you're in the major. Next thing you know, you're in Omega again. And then maybe you could actually win a legitimate Omega championship. Doubt it, though. 
Next voicemail. Hi, ho, Dingleberries. <laughs> it's high decibels again. Uh, once again, called my shot. Went two and zero. I'm sorry to my beloved wife, but you know that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles. Now this week's gonna be a little tough. Jalen Hurts on by. You know, Blitz been talking that shit. Well, we're gonna have a tough match. It might be a little small ball, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, well. uh, I'm not gonna drop any bills, you know, references this yeah. week to shout out to Gabagool <laughs> for the nice little cut. Looking fly. Anyway, loving the show. Let's go two and zero again. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think he might. He's got the right attitude. He does. And this Gabagool character, man, I can't wait to learn more about this guy. I cannot wait. He apparently, you know, he's a bartender, which is how I was. You know, he was promoted uh, as such. He's a bartender of our local watering hole. Okay, we've had bartenders before. And then I get a photograph, photograph of high decibels in a barber chair and Gabagool's cutting his hair. Uh, oh, what? Is this in the bar? Like, that was a legit barber chair looking thing. It was not just like a dining room chair, which is how I assume high decibels always got his hair cut was in a dining room chair. That was real. Getting a fade from the old ghoul. Amazing. All right, we got one more voicemail. I know who this is. It's just short. Let's see what this is. Infectious. Walker's infectious. <laughs> you guys fucking kill me. Cater's still partying down there in South Florida. He's been partying since we hung up last week. Amazing. Killing it in the league. Killing it in the voicemails. What was that? Base 808 base. Dale. I don't know any of this shit. Link me up, man. Give me some of that music. I need that energy. I need to unlearn all this negative music that I listen to all the time. But listen to a lot of 90s rock. Man, we were mad back then. I got to stop listening to that shit. I got to unlearn some playlists right off my phone. Get it out of here. Like bubble gum in the dryer. Get it out of here now. I need positive shit in my life. I need that that base shit that that caters has. Send me some of that. But get rid of all this aggressive metal from the 90s. I can't. I can't quit the metal. It's too good. It's too good. But I I mean everybody would benefit a little bit from unlearning now and then. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. It was my idea. Also, Paul Blart was a great movie. I mean, I challenge any of you to go watch it. In fact, please go watch it and then watch the sequel because that's what I'm going to be doing between now and next week's episode. I am so excited. I'm going to watch Paul Blart 2 with the kids. Apparently, he goes to Vegas. I don't know anything about it. I saw the poster and he goes to Vegas. I don't know how he gets there. Is, is Amy there with him? And obviously, he's going to bring his daughter with him. But what about the other mall security? I don't know. It's so it's too much. I'm excited. More excited than an MCU movie. I say bring back the Paul Blart universe. The PBU. All right. 
It's a long show. I thank you, Ten Foot, for spending an hour with me this week. Oh, and one more thing. I woke up this morning to a message from AT&T that says I had over $200 in international calling charges on my plan. <laughs> and uh, Babes and I got divorced. Now, we've since gotten back together. We've reconciled. It's like a Kim Zoliak thing. I'm Croy. So yeah, I called AT&T. I got it fixed. I, got, I had to pay like 15 bucks. But holy shit. 10 foot. $200 to call 10 foot for an hour. On an old-fashioned phone. We should have... I'm such an idiot. God damn it. All right. But anyways, I got to unlearn my phone calling habits and learn how to fucking call over Wi-Fi. And I also have to learn how to get out of here on time. Because we got to go. Got to get out of here, man. I got to unlearn saying too long. Now I just think I'm overusing the word. I'm saying unlearn too much. But I don't know. I got to reset. And that's what everybody should think about, man. Be Paul Blart. Be that guy, right? Don't forget. Paul Blart, I mean, the dude was a G. He saved everyone in the mall. Spoiler, I'm sorry. (laughs) Safety never takes a holiday, he said. And safety should never take a holiday from your fantasy life. Be safe, but be aggressive. And if you ever feel like you're caught in a rut or you don't know why things aren't progressing, You could blame yourself, but you have to get to the root, empty that pore, get it all out of there. And by doing that, you have to follow a process. And that process is called the unlearning process. Let's love a man!